warning. Uh, you know, I'm trying to keep the F-bombs and stuff to a minimum, but some of this stuff just makes you mad and you drop one every once in a while, alright? Come on. I'm a human. Hey everybody, welcome to the inaugural episode of this little show I'm trying to do. We're going to call it the Somewhat Civil Discourse Show for right now. I don't know if I'm going to change that or not. My name is Drew, or Arendal, depending on how you know me, from which circles you know me. Um, the overall goal that I kind of want to shoot for with this is going to be to focus on epistemology, which I'm sure a lot of people haven't heard of, um, sadly. But basically, epistemology is just the process of validating whether a belief is justified or if it's just, you know, kind of a flimsy opinion. So it's really just kind of examining how you get to a certain belief um, rather than the actual, you know, position itself that you're worried about. Um, it's something that I feel like a lot of people don't even know about um, and would help a lot of people that struggle with politics, because that's going to be what a lot of this is about, but not exclusively, but just other things too, um, just daily life things, um, your beliefs on, you know, other things in the world, religion, whatever. Um, so it won't be like a running topic that we talk about that all the time, but it's always going to be kind of like a theme in the background, and I plan on kind of just going over general themes um, first here, like, um, vague kind of broad topics as opposed to like, you know, just policies. Like I asked some people what they wanted me to talk about and some people wanted me to, um, spe like specify differences between Democrats, Republicans, stuff like that. Some people wanted me to talk about gun, uh, type stuff. Um, I'm not going to get into any specific things like that right off the bat, but I'm going to get to stuff like that eventually. And I want to kind of have some people come on and talk to me. Hopefully I'll be able to go around and recruit some volunteers. I already have a couple. Um, I'll have some people that, that know quite a bit about this kind of stuff on, but I do want to have a lot of people that don't necessarily maybe focus on the news and politics and stuff like that on a regular basis. Just some, you know, average people that have an opinion about something and want to talk about it. Um, I'm not going to come on here and try and rag people or get into a debate with people about stuff. I mean, I guess if somebody wants to, we can address that then. But um, more just to kind of talk, you know. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Quick last second edit here that I need to add in. So if this sounds weird or misplaced or whatever, uh, sorry. It's my first time. You suck, you jackass. Um, something I wanted to say at the beginning, and I didn't. Everybody has a political bias. Um, the idea of, you know, a lot of people think news stations should, you know, be unbiased and report things equally and blah, blah, blah. The reality of the matter is, is that at the end of the day, everybody does have a bias. Um, and I think that it is important for anybody talking in a public venue about things like this to be clear about their bias um, because it lets people know where they're coming from so that they can build that into their analysis of what you're saying. Um, I think it is disingenuous to act like you're purely neutral all the time or you're independent, enlightened, centrist boy and... Um, 
you're not. I mean, you just aren't. People just aren't. Um, everybody has, you know, their own thoughts and opinions on things. Um, so I think that's important um, that everybody who's going to do something like this tells people that. Um, I used to be a conservative when I was younger. I actually went around and handed out signs for, like, John McCain's campaign and stuff like that. Oof. That's a hard pill to swallow for me right now. Um, I had a short phase of liberalism around the time Bernie Sanders came out. Um, I kind of switched over mostly because he was talking about getting money out of politics, which everyone my entire life had told me was obviously the problem. People who don't like politics told me was the problem. Oh, they're all just bought and paid off, and they don't care about us and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and a guy came around and uh, was the only guy in my lifetime that was like, hey, maybe we should – Maybe we should do something about this. And, like, all the people that kept telling me that that was a problem didn't like him and didn't want to do anything. So I kind of looked at Bernie Sanders more. Um, and my period of liberalism, you know, as I first kind of looked into Bernie Sanders' positions and, you know, kind of saw the statistical and historical bearing out of those positions pretty much always being right. Not always. I mean, he has a lot of positions I disagree with, but most of his positions are pretty good. Um I kind of abandoned liberalism pretty shortly therein because of the way the Democrats obviously, you know, cheated against Bernie Sanders and stuff. So I am definitely not a liberal now. Um, I think a lot of people think in America that it's just liberal and conservative and independent, um, which I guess most people imagine independents are in the middle. Um, I think that that's a mistake as well. Um, there are definitely independent people in the middle who share, you know, some policies from both parties or whatever, definitely. Um, for example, a lot of people, like in my family, are conservative on most issues. But most of my family, not everybody, but most of my family is pretty cool with gay people. They're not, you know, out there trying to, you know, say gay people can't buy wedding cakes at somebody's place or whatever. Like, not that, not that they can't get married, anything like that, you know. So there are definitely people like that. Um, but I think that there's whole sections of people to the right of the Republicans and to the left of the Democrats that get completely ignored in this country. Um, I would definitely put myself to the left of the Democrats. I'm not going to go into, you know, trying to give myself some huge label that's super specific. I think that that's counterproductive. Um, but I just think it's important for everybody to know that going in, you know, if you hear what I'm saying and, uh, you know, keep that in mind. And that doesn't mean if you don't like people on the left, you should automatically disagree with me. I'm not trying to give you a free pass to just write me off, please. But, you know, uh, I just think that that's fair for everybody to know. So moving on. I want to talk today, and this will be kind of a short episode, um, but I want to talk about something called perpetual correctness is going to be the first topic for the show. Um, I'm not going to take credit for that term. I, I learned of it from Peter Coffin, who's like a bigger content creator. I'm not sure that he, like, coined it or whatever, but he has a really good video on it if you search, you know, Peter Coffin, Perpetual Correctness. I can probably put a link in the description for it. 
um, if you kind of want to get somebody that's smarter than me and like a really in-depth look at it because that video is 30 or 40 minutes and and he talks a lot about it. But basically, the overall idea of perpetual correctness is that people today um, in society, uh, especially here, uh, tend to have like an adverse feeling to being wrong. Um, and I mean, everybody knows that, right? Like, it doesn't feel good to be wrong about something. Um, and a lot of people tend to act on that tendency by doubling down on things when they hear stuff that they disagree with. Uh, a big thing now is you'll just call it fake news. Uh, people will say they have a source that says that they're right, though, and your source is wrong. And a lot of that goes on just to kind of avoid having to actually dig into a discussion on the subject. Because when you look at, like, you know, you see your friends arguing on Facebook about something, they're usually not really getting into, like, the minutia of, like, the details. They're not talking about statistic differences. Usually there's a lot of hemming and hauling, a lot of... um assumptions being made about the other person, a lot of uh, trying to somehow pin the other person as a hypocrite in some way, because it seems like everybody thinks that if you can point out one way in which a person is a hypocrite, that that makes their argument immediately invalid, but like, that's not how that works. Um, so, I think that um, it's something that people should really think about a little bit, because you know, studies have shown that when you're confronted in, like, a really argumentative way about something, that your brain actually, like, turns on different parts. You know, they can scan people's brains and see which parts are activated more during certain times and all that. And parts that shut down, you know, logical thought processes and just kind of entrench you into where your position already is, like, actively light up those those areas will like physically prevent you from being open to new information so i think that um it would really benefit you know people trying to talk about things like politics because i think it is important that we talk more about it than people do i think hiding from it is something a lot of people do my whole life i was told um, you know, it's not polite to talk about that at the dinner or blah, 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 whatever. You know, you can't be at a cookout talking about stuff that might people might disagree about. Everybody's just trying to have a good time. And it's like, yeah, that definitely matters. You don't want to be going around your whole life arguing about politics 24-7. I spend a lot of time researching politics and news and all this stuff. And it's pretty depressing sometimes. Like, um, it's stressful sometimes. So you don't want to do that all the time, obviously. But I think people have kind of shied away from it too much. So I think we need to do a better job of talking about these things so that people are more equipped to have, you know, decent conversations with people as opposed to arguing and shouting matches, um, which I'm not going to act like I'm not guilty of. Obviously, anybody who knows me knows I'll get into an argument with somebody. I enjoy it, and I don't usually hold, you know, hostile feelings to those people afterwards. I get into arguments with my best friends over stuff like this, so um, I, I think there's a place for that, but uh, I think that Overall, examining this issue will help us to have more productive conversations, and um, it, that's really what I'm looking to do here. So, 
a big thing that I think uh, ties into this is that people will, you know, hold these beliefs for a really long time. It's really hard to imagine that you would have been wrong for a really long time. Like, I used to be a conservative my whole life, and I'm not now. Um, and I think that um, that was pretty hard for me. It's understandable that people don't want to do that. So I think in order to get people to not, you know, shut down and, and be averse to that feeling, what we need to do is, as opposed to just, you know, constantly trying to tell people that their ideas are wrong or point out some sort of hypocrisy in their ideas, I think a lot of people should really look into maybe some alternative solutions to the problem that they're addressing first. Like, you shouldn't really go after people trying to argue with them unless you're going to have some sort of alternative solution, like a well-thought-out solution um, to implement for that problem. You know, I shouldn't just go up to you and say, oh, well, that's fucking stupid. You shouldn't do that. I should, you know, say, well, I disagree with that, and here's what I think you should do. I think that's something I don't really see enough of from people. Um, so I think that this would be like a, a really good place to start is maybe, you know, everybody takes a minute and, and looks into alternative solutions, not just, you know, if you're a big Trump fan, not just what he said, um, but there are other conservatives out there right now with, you know, plans for the coronavirus that are different um, to to what Trump wants to do. And I'm not a conservative person, like I said, but there are some good conservative Congress members right now, like proposing better plans than a lot of the Democrats are. Um, so it would be ridiculous of me to write off all Republicans when right now evidence is showing that some of them are good, but it would also be ridiculous of me to, to, to follow every word Trump's saying because he's clearly wrong about things. And it would also be ridiculous for me to follow everything that, you know, all the Democrats are saying because the Democrats have kind of blown it on, you know, trying to hold the Republicans to account during this coronavirus. So this is kind of a spot where even where I'm to the left of the Democrats, um, you know, I obviously have disagreements with a lot of these conservative uh, senators and congressmen on a lot of things, but, you know, some of them are, are doing pretty well right now. So I'm going to give them credit where credit is due there. That's something I don't think I see a lot of. Um, and especially during this coronavirus, um, I think this is really kind of highlighting it. You know, there's a lot of people who have either, you know, kind of doubled down taking a side on uh, coronavirus as if, you know, it's a total farce and um, it's being completely overblown or it's, you know, uh, the end of the world and, and, uh, I, obviously, I don't think either of those positions are correct, and I think it's going to end up with um, because the people and I'm, that are like protesting and stuff out in big groups refuse to wear masks. They're gathering together. You know, I mean, those people could really, if it is, and if it does end up being, you know, more serious, those people are going to actively lead to people getting hurt. Um, and this is you know, something that the data is all still developing on the models change all the time because, you know, measures have been implemented to mitigate it. Um, so I think it's reckless to 
act as if it's nothing. You know, at first they said it was just the flu, all these people, right? Well, now it's killed more people than the flu generally kills in a year in just a couple months. Well, now they've had to move those goalposts off to something else, and they're just acting like they didn't say that for a very long time. Well, you can't just keep doing that. Like, at some point, you've got to recognize that, okay, maybe we overplayed our hand a little bit here. Maybe we should take it a little serious. Maybe I still don't think it's as serious as some people are making it out to be, but maybe we should slow our roll a little bit. That's not happening. And I think that ties into this perpetual correctness thing where, you know, you don't, like, you don't see the president going out there, for instance, and saying he made mistakes during this. He obviously has. And that's because it's seen as like a slight in his brand. He can't ever admit that he was wrong about something. Because that's just not, his brand is that, you guys listen to me, I'm always right. So, he's in a position where, because of this, you know, mythos of having to always be correct that we have, he's just going to keep doubling down on it. You see Joe Biden doing the same thing. Um, he's saying he didn't try to propose social security cuts. Well, because social security is really popular, you have to appear that you have always been correct on that or it's going to look bad on you. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not 50 years ago when Joe Biden became a politician anymore. There's a lot of records of this stuff and it's easy to find now. And we can see that you have said all these things. Why are you doing that, man? <laughs> Why are you doing that? Like the problem that Democrats have with Trump is he lies a lot, right? That's one of the problems. Well, I mean, you can't put a guy up there that's going to do that, then, right? I, I don't, I don't think that there's going to be an easy solution to fixing a problem like this. Um, I just think it's something that a lot of people don't even think about. So I really just kind of wanted to get the idea of it out there in people's heads. Um, and maybe, you know, if I can get a couple more people to think about it, we can start working towards trying to uh, make a change in how we discuss things, make a change in how we, you know, analyze positions and, uh, you know, these people themselves. Um, you know, a lot of people... I think stay out of talking about politics or voting or anything. You know, most people don't vote. Uh, I think a big part of that is they don't feel like it's worth their time to get involved with anything because you're not going to convince people on the other side to change their mind. Um, And I think that this is a big part of that problem. So I think if we can fix this, we can get more people to come in and vote. I mean, obviously more people should be voting. We have such a bad voter turnout. And it has led to such bad things for average people. I mean, as the voter decli- turnout has declined, things have gotten worse for average people in this country. And I mean, I know a lot of people are going to hit me oh, the stock market was so good before this, though. Yeah, well, most people don't own stocks. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can get into an economic discussion, I guess, on a different episode. But, like, overall, things have not gotten better for most average people over time as less people have been voting and engaged because it's easier for them to get away with more. Um, so I think we've got to start 
with the basics here. Not not trying to debate about, you know, policies or anything like that. I think we got to get down even a, lower than that to the actual way people analyze where they're at and the way people deal with changes in their beliefs because your beliefs are going to have to change. You can't believe the same things that you believed 30 years ago right now and think that that's okay because the world is not the same as it was 30 years ago. Some of your core beliefs might remain, but like obviously there's going to have to be some movement in individual positions over that time. Um, so I think we, we really need to look at how we deal with that and um, evaluate that over time and and try and do a better job of it. Because I need to do a better job. I don't want to sit here and act like I don't do it. I mean, I need to do a better job of it. Uh, a good example of that would be me cutting Bernie Sanders too much slack. Uh, as anybody knows that knows me, I was a big Bernie supporter. I volunteered for him and stuff. Um, but he made a lot of mistakes that I should have been vocally pointing out in circles and, and helping give voice to that I kind of ignored for a long time. Um, during his campaign that are pretty easy to see when you look back on it. Um, so um, I don't want anybody to think that I'm acting like I'm immune to this. No one is immune to this type of behavior. If you think you are immune to this type of behavior, you probably do it worse than everyone else does. People who act like, they're sus not susceptible to advertisements, right? You are. I mean, and the people who act like they aren't are probably more susceptible to it. They're just not susceptible to certain ones, which has given them a false sense of security. You, you, everybody is susceptible to this type of stuff. You have to, you have to keep that in mind. Nobody is immune to it. So if anybody ever tells you, you know, They've really examined their beliefs, and, you know, I, I would never, you know, hold a position that was internally inconsistent. I wouldn't do something like that. No, always be wary of that. No one should think that they're above uh, chemical processes in their brain controlling their brain. <laughs> like, that's just the... So, um... I think we all, including myself, just needed to work on stuff like this. And I think this is something I'll want to cover in more detail later because, like I said, this will be a short episode. I just want to kind of get um, everybody into where I'm going with this. And this will kind of lay the groundwork for how I think about other topics. And um, when I'm talking about other topics, you'll know what I'm looking for. This will give you the indicators, right? I'm not just going to be looking at, you know, one person's position versus another I'm going to really be evaluating, you know, how they got to those positions, the historical processes that led there, and their school of thought that they subscribe to, because pretty much everybody has some sort of school of thought they subscribe to, and, and how that's influenced that. Um, and it's a little bit different than the way you're going to see things on the news, because it takes more time, and it's more boring, um, just to be completely honest. Um, which is probably why I won't get as many views as the news channel will. But, um, you know, uh, it's interesting to some people I know. It's really interesting to me. Um, so I hope that it's not too boring and rambly for some people to be interested in that. Um, I would really like 
uh, for people to keep giving me suggestions on specific topics they want to talk about so I can kind of focus on the ones that most people want to hear about um, rather than just something, you know, one one off question, one person asked here or there. Um, I'm not totally sure what I'm going to do for the second one yet. So um, we'll see. I have a few ideas. That's for sure. Um, and I've gotten a few suggestions. So we'll see what happens after this one. Um, anybody who wants to come on and talk to me about anything, anything at all, um, just message me on Facebook or if you have me on Discord, whatever, do that. Um, and I would like to put out a request for someone who's not just like gonna vote for Joe Biden or whatever, but like thinks it's imperative to vote for Joe Biden, like really is gonna be out there encouraging other people to vote for Joe Biden. I'd really like to talk to someone about that. Um, so if anybody would like to volunteer for that, I'd really appreciate that. I um, I'm obviously not gonna vote for Trump. I have a lot of problems with voting for Joe Biden though. Um, and I understand that there are legitimate harm reduction reasons for voting for Joe Biden, even if you don't like him. Um, so don't sit here and start yelling at me, you're voting for Trump, basically. But Like, I might vote for Joe Biden. I have not decided yet, though. So um, I kind of would like to personally talk to some people because I don't really know anyone <laughs> that's enthusiastically voting for Joe Biden. I only see people like that on the news and stuff. So, I mean, I really just don't know. So, uh, if anybody would like to talk to me about that, I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. I'm going to try and do these at least semi-regularly since um, I'm working every other week right now. So, there will probably be like a week where there isn't one and then maybe a week where there's two um, if I get time to write when the kids are asleep and stuff because that's really the only time I have time to write any outlines and stuff like that. Um, so, oh, one more thing here at the end. Being apolitical is a political position, so please stop acting like it's not. Saying that you don't enjoy politics is, is a political position. You're choosing to not do anything and to let bad things happen to people. So, shout out to all those people. I gotta call you out. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk to you guys here soon. I want to do another one this week before, um, like I said, uh, with me working every other week, I want to do another one this week before I go back. So I'll try and do another one here real soon. Um, keep an eye out for that and uh, just give me some suggestions. Thanks, guys.